0: Welcome, everybody. This is Scott from Scorpion Media, and we are with the Eight News Show. That's in conjunction with the Bellman Report. And that's Andy. He's standing right behind me over there drinking a beer. A natural. You, He's I've got to speak voice. closer to the phone here. We got a lovely bunch of guests here. We are in beautiful, the most beautiful town in Western Australia. I say that every town we come to, we're in Albany. Is it Albany or Albany? Albany, 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 Albany. Albany, Albany. Western Australia it's in the southern, western part, Western Australia in the south. It's beautiful, but it's a little bit cold. But we're in a beautiful city. We got some beautiful guests here, and we have Captain Hoodie, the former Qantas pilot who's become a famous icon in the freedom movement in Australia. We have the Pink Panther, the one and only, the Perth Pink Panther. He's Originally born in uh, Sheffield, but he's Irish ancestry. He's got an Irish accent. He is one of the leading activists in the Perth area. And he goes around. What what do you do? He irritates the politicians and the mainstream media who presents nothing but lies. And then we have a resident of Albany. Yeah. We have a Dr. Mitch. And I left his last name out. He can say that if he wants or not. Up yeah. to him. anyway he's he's a doctor and he re- resigned in i guess in protest is that right
1: uh, i didn't resign i uh refused to take an experimental medical therapy uh and therefore had to leave the workforce i'm still currently on the books uh at the hospital um but yeah for all intents and purposes stood down
0: so we were all here today in albany run by uh and hannah was running a uh freedom event and we had a bunch of speakers down there in the uh one of the parks here in air park and we are now here in a beautiful house overlook we can overlook imagine a beautiful city i can see some trees and this huge valley and i believe bluff knoll is over there somewhere Bluff Knoll, one of the highest mountains in Perth or Western Australia. Anyway, let's start with uh, let's go, let's go clockwise here, I guess. We'll go to Captain Hoodie. Uh, can you give us some commentary? Of what happened today, and how, what's your feelings on?
2: You know, I, we we speak at a lot of rallies with different num- different size crowds, and um, they're all great. But the smaller numbers are really encouraging because you get to mix so much more with the community. And what we're really about is building. Uh, strong adaptable communities and uh, this event today I don't know how many people were there a couple of hundred or maybe more but uh, you know very inclement weather but uh, the the cold temperatures were driven away by the by the love and compassion of all the people there and um, so today was amazing I did something today I've never done before I did an altar call at the end of my speech uh, for men to step forward and all these men came up and that was really heartwarming uh, amazing men I don't know, about 50 of them. I don't know, but it was just incredible. I just – I'm flabbergasted at every one of these events that we speak at, just the calibre of the people and the the sense of togetherness that they're starting to feel. And that, that's why we love doing it because we all – I mean, we all, we're all in the same boat. We just love being part of this community, a, a part of a community that's real. So today was a huge success, beautifully organised, simple, great speakers. Everyone spoke eloquently. It was easy to listen to. And very uplifting. Yeah, it, was, and right. it
0: was uh yeah, I've been following hoodie for a while, a lot of these events, and it's the first time that I saw the, the men come up and they prayed with you. Yeah. And it was quite moving. There was tears in the audience. I could see the women crying as well. Yeah. Uh, I was a lot of emotion. And it's sort of reflective of what's happened to not only Australia but the globe and with the the pandemic laws. Mm. Uh, the insanity of the unscientific mandates and so forth. Is that a good –
2: That's a great a great summary of what's going on, yeah. you know. And um, the call today was uh, strong communities need strong men. Yeah. And not strong men who lord it over everybody, but strong men who will stand when others fall. And, um, and it's really important that we build that sense of manhood in our communities again. And um, that's been on my agenda for 15 or 16 years. It's nothing sinister to it. I mean, men have lost their way through – I mean, it, it's great for the New World Order for men to fall away because um, when they destroy a family unit and community, they win. Yeah. But yeah. when men stand in the breach again and, and and they're there and they create an environment where women and children can thrive, not in fear but in love, um, then society wins, the family wins, domestic violence falls away, male suicide rates drop dramatically addictions fall away and the whole world's better for it. So what can be wrong with that?
0: Yeah. And, and this, the concept of globalism, uh, verse freedom is, uh, ever present, you know, enemy, the traditions, uh, family unit, they want to destroy this in a sense, you know, that's uh, the enemies of globalism, right? You know, it is. Yeah. They, and, uh, Hoodie, uh, Captain Hoodie, we, we know him as Hoodie for those overseas listeners. Uh, Captain Graham Hoodie, uh, was a former Qantas pilot, just to reiterate, and he came from over east. Mm-hmm. So you saw a lot of action over there. Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. You went rallies with hundreds of thousands of people. Is that right?
2: Or- yeah, well, Canberra, they say anything. The big one on the 12th of uh, February, I think it was. Um, a lot of people say up to 1.2 million. I mean, it's very hard to gauge a crowd like that. But the, the I well, shared the stage with the drummer from NXS, John Farris, uh, who's used to playing the very big crowds, and he had stage fright. So... Uh, he won't mind me saying that but um that's uh that's the enormity of the crowd and and uh 350,000 in sydney the first big rally we attended was immense i mean we started marching from hyde park we marched around nine city blocks and when we got back to where we started from the tail of the rally still hadn't left so we'd virtually encircled nine city blocks so and and, people are
0: there yeah and this is something that the media has not portrayed uh so i'm gonna just flick over to uh somebody who's been approaching the media the the perth pink panther he wears a pink hat he's got a a pink shirt he goes around he's a bit of an icon um and he he did this he wears the pink because he was a fundraiser for cancer uh, uh charities and he he became he's very passionate about it he went around to many i accompanied him with others and he used to walk up to the abc in perth the channel nine a lot of the news outlets and try to give them pfizer documents that they're not the media is not reporting on so it gets back to the media that they didn't you know there's not a lot of media about what happened with hoodie going you know with hundreds of thousands of people maybe a million we didn't see that in the mainstream
3: media much but you've been trying to
0: do that martin or pink panther shall i say can you tell us your experiences
3: well, yeah, our last, one of the big events after in February, channel seven approached me to interview me. So I said to Monica, "I so said, what's the point? I said, you're not going to show it. You know, you're not going to show it. So my friend encouraged me behind me going prove proof or wrong. Spill the beans. So which I did, long story short, I made sure I watched the news in the evening to see that I come up and sure enough, my face came up and all that came out of my mouth was two words. So that got me privately, Paid off and angry. And I know I wanted to get my own back. So obviously I'm friends with Julie Weilerman. So she gave me her paperwork with all the paperwork's been sitting from a thousand doctors to Scott Morrison, Greg Hunt and Michaeli Cash, who was a Perth woman. So I just took her, had a chat with yourself and we decided on the Friday week, we'll put a flyer out, tell everybody, let's go to channel seven Osborne park and do our bit. So obviously the doors are closed, the doors are locked, but we still went up to the hatch and the window and thanks to you and Andrew and Richie, we did the video and a hundred people turned up with placards. And it was, in a slip. it was my first event. Like, and <laughs> yeah, but, uh, the good thing about that when I was finished and I decided to walk away because obviously they called the police and tank police, men and women appeared. The channel seven woman came out of the building with the cameraman. And they called me back, but by the time they come back, unfortunately, one particular person had ruined it. But uh, we kept going back, and strangely enough, the the police were always there, and we did Channel 9 as well. But And strangely enough, when we're going to present the the papers, which I always did, they made sure they had the doors locked. So, like, (laughs) what does that tell you? I didn't have a gun in my hand. I didn't look like a terrorist. We're all friendly people going with truthful documents coming from genuine doctors but no lock the door you're not coming in so we made our point we did it about seven times we did mcgowan's office about seven times we did department of health we did the department of education we did western Australia newspaper so we did our best and about the third last time we did channel seven this lovely young guy stood up and read the police oath to the cops out on the phone read it to them you're meant to serve us and they stood back and uh, they got the message that we're not really stupid protesters. We're really educated. We are educating ourselves and we know what they're pre- meant to represent, not not McGowan. So that was a very courageous thing he did that day for us. And uh, actually, after that, a few of the people in the crowd went over, made small talk with the cops, shook hands with them, and they waved. And that was a big eye-opener for them because the last two times we went to Channel 7, the cops never turned up.
0: It's strange, isn't it? We, we we walk into a media outlet in Western Australia, the the biggest city in, uh, in Western Australia, Perth. We walk up to their major outlets of the media. They lock the doors. And funny enough, one time we were there trying to knock on the doors, they wouldn't come out and see us. And a guy happened to deliver sandwiches. (laughs) And, And of course, uh here comes an uber draw uber eats driver or one of those uh, affiliates and he comes walking up and the hatch believe it or not the channel 7 hatch opened up and a hand grabbed the sandwiches they i took them in but they wouldn't take the pfizer documents and all the letter, the information we have so it's yeah. really it's insanity what is raging with the, around the globe with the mainstream media that they'll take sandwiches from a communication we call it the communication hatch as right, a yeah. oh piss take of the mainstream media but it's but
3: well, they've r- just proved themselves like they're in unfortunately bed with the government the yeah. four of them yeah you know, if That's- they've shut the
2: door to documentation that is yeah. so groundbreaking they've yeah. shut their minds to it as well so um I mean, if mainstream media had stepped up to the plate and done its job 18 months, two years ago, this would have been over ages ago.
0: Yeah, and and the question is, what is mainstream media, the corporate controlled media, what are they getting out of it? Tax breaks, was talk of $41 million tax breaks being given to the Australian media. How much of this is controlled? It's really bizarre because there's so many victims. If you travel around Western Australia I mean, I know so many people who have documents on them that say they have fa- vax injured. They're vax injured people. And uh, we're just going to, have to talk to a doctor about that right now. But think about that. You can go around, you can find people with legitimate documents by the hospitals here in Perth that say myopericarditis caused by the Pfizer vaccine, caused by Moderna, et cetera. I know a, a guy who is crippled. And yet the mainstream media is guilty in western australia and the rest of the of australia of not reporting this it's absolutely disgusting but let's talk to an actual doctor about this dr mitch give us a break uh, um, a little summary of who you are again and, and your thoughts on how apra which is the medical board and how they're controlling us with this uh you know breaching the nuremberg Code, whatever
1: yeah <clears throat> so when you get down to the details, it's a very, very complicated, intricate syndicate. Uh, you got to follow the money, and you go looking at who owns the world: Vanguard Group, BlackRock, State Street. Uh, they own the media monopolies. They own Pfizer. They own AstraZeneca. Uh, they they own everything, uh, and you know, when the mandates came out, this is contrary to everything that we've been taught as as doctors, uh, violates all med- medical ethics. And yet, you know, you went to the medical union, they were in lockstep with the media. Uh, the media was in lockstep with the politicians. Uh, and not all doctors would take the same position as myself and they're in, entitled to their their opinions uh i respect that as long as you can back it up uh, with the evidence but what we saw was at each critical critical step they all knew the script they were all playing and and this wasn't just australia it wasn't just western australia it's all over the world and you start looking at the evidence you start trying to figure out how this could happen in in the normal world that we thought that we lived in two years ago and you're left with conspiracy theories and you know we've all been programmed to you know someone says conspiracy and you just roll your eyes and you know you know this is baseless switch off and yet it's happening um you know if you look at the actual definition of a conspiracy theory it's government bodies or a you know two or,
0: people talking to each other right you just... or
1: it's a, it's an authority uh that has it out for the people underneath them so you know nazi germany conspiracy theory that's by very definition the holocaust was a conspiracy theory uh, and not a theory it was fact it was a conspiracy there was a plot against the people that was implemented by the government yeah.
0: Now you looked specifically. You did some research. <clears throat> I talked to uh, Dr. Mitch earlier about his research that he did. He looked at the documentation, the uh, reports, whether the mass the PCR, the uh, the effectiveness of the of the jab. Can you just summarize what you you found out and how it affected your decision to do what you did?
1: Yeah. So in medicine, nothing is black and white. There there are doctors that are prepared to take on risk to pursue and to push science. I'm sort of on the other end of the spectrum. I'm more conservative. I believe if I'm going to put anything in my body and therefore if I'm going to recommend anything to a patient, uh, I want to have a very, very good reason to do that. Uh, There needs to be a huge risk to my life and there needs to be a well-balanced, evidenced based reason why i should put a drug in my body i don't really take panadol i don't take aspirin i don't need to i don't get headaches you know i drink water like you take care of your health and most of the things we seek doctors for tend to dissipate of course you know there's a place for emergency conditions all of that but so when you know It just didn't add up we were locking down against a virus we had a pandemic and yet we couldn't see anyone coughing you couldn't go to church but you could go to the grocery store and you could handle you know food that other people had handled and supposedly this virus lives on inanimate objects for 72 hours it just didn't add up uh The traditional approach for managing a pandemic is you isolate the sick and you isolate those who are most at risk and you don't isolate healthy people. And you you look at the media, you know, anxiety is a negative, uh, has a negative outcome on COVID. So why when such a low risk for most people is the media basically only spreading fear
0: and, and you, you said there was basically uh, a number of reports that you actually specifically looked at and it didn't add up did it is it from these uh these medical journals uh,
1: yeah so initially it was just you know, you know this is a bit overhand uh you know, governments overstepping the mark here uh but when they brought in the mandates, that violates medical ethics and that puts me in a dilemma uh, because I ethically can't participate with that. If, I, if I'm to stand true with everything that I've been trained, I, I need to take that very, very seriously. So I, I went away and I started reading more of these studies for myself. Um, you know, when the vaccine first came out and it wasn't mandated, I wasn't taking it because I thought it was very, very poor quality study, uh, Pfizer, and some of the other ones. And, you know, you can make statistics say anything you want them to. That's why you have epidemiologists. That's why you have doctors that are meant to critically assess and evaluate these things. So I wasn't impressed with the trials, so I didn't get the vaccine, but then when the mandates came out, I started digging through the literature and going through everything that I could find. And probably the, there was two studies that really, they really shook me to the core and I just felt sick, sick. I just didn't know what to do. And the first one was a study that showed they injected the spike protein, which is all the vaccines in Australia that we have available produce spike protein in some way, shape or form. And this study showed that when you injected spike protein uh, into tissue or into rats, that it caused endothelial damage, which is small blood vessel damage. So, and this this spike protein is what causes harm in the virus itself. So instantly, why are we putting something that causes harm into our body? Uh, you know, it's not the traditional... Method of producing a vaccine. I'm not anti-vax, uh, so that that was the first thing. And the second thing that paired with that was the Pfizer distribution study, and that showed that within 15 minutes, the spike protein could be found, you know, pretty much everywhere within the body. And you pair those two together, and you realise that you can have something that causes small blood vessel damage, that can go anywhere in the body and you don't these things don't happen by mistake and so I was left feeling sick to my stomach because i knew who whatever this was it was done deliberately and all the all the poor evidence poor data poor control in the the vaccine trials that was done deliberately as well and i was left with you know this is either not reality or this is a conspiracy theory this is governing bodies setting out to harm the people It's unbelievable isn't it and now, now
0: Hoodie, you've traveled the country in the last year yeah you have you run into vax or jab injury you must have met a lot of people
2: oh look it has to be in the hundreds and not only met them at rallies but they contact me a lot um, we get upwards of 30,000 messages a week and so many we can't review them all. But some of the stories we've heard have been horrendous. I mean, we, we listened to a lovely lady, a nurse uh, of many years, I think several decades, who um, whose husband took the jab over here in the West and uh, uh, he said to her as they were driving one day, oh, I need to tell you I've just been vaccinated and she was horrified and she said, why did you do it? He said, I just think I need to do it, so... And within 15 minutes, uh, the car bolted to a a halt and he vomited blood all over the dashboard and he leaned back and took his last breath and died in the car. So he had a massive edema that ruptured. Now, he was put down as dying of a massive heart attack. And she said, I've been a nurse for many years and that's the only time I've ever seen a heart attack like that. Uh, After he was buried, she went to the doctor that administered the drug, the family doctor, and the doctor was horrified. He said, yes, it was vaccine-induced. There's no doubt in his mind that it was. Uh, and he's not the only one who's suffered because of this in my surgery. And tragedy upon tragedy, that doctor took his own life seven weeks later. Yeah, so he, he committed suicide, I think it was in the town of Bridgetown. That's right, in Bridgetown. And he, he took his own life. Now, he was a young man with a young family. So the tragedy of these of these particular procedures, what else can you call it? You're trying to stay away from the obvious. Um, it can't be ignored. I know of um, uh, in, in 32 years in command at Qantas, I never – I can't even recall an incident where a flight attendant had to be defibrillated on an airplane, a Qantas airplane anywhere. I, you know, we we hear about those things. But since the mandates came in, there have been four flight attendants I know of and various airlines that have been defibrillated in the aircraft. They've had heart attacks on board the airplane. I know of several pilots who have lost their licenses and I know of four who have died in Australia. Um, Now, there were various airlines. Now, at some stage, somebody has to be held to account because uh, my critical thinking got me to a point after agreeing to have Pfizer in the early days to do some critical uh, analysis of what data was available, and there was none. Civil Aviation Safety Authority couldn't give me any answers to my questions, which were basic, long-term side effects, short-term side effects. Am I going to be able to pass my six-monthly medical? Am I going to be able to pass my ECG? Has there been any high-altitude tests done because of the, um, the thrombotic environment that pilots work in at high-altitude? Uh, has any of this been done? And the answer to every question was we don't know. Now, this in an environment where if I get a head cold and I take a quadril cold and flu, I'm not allowed to go to work. Uh, I mean, this is ridiculous. If if they asked me to fly an aeroplane with an experimental fuel on it and carry a full aircraft full of people from one city to another and I did that, they would have every grounds to to take my licence off me and ground me. But they're happy for me to put something like that in my body and they have all these policies, these work health and safety policies and anti-discrimination policies, and they're, they're all box-ticking exercises. They're all thrown out the window. When you coerce your staff to take something that they as critical thinkers by nature of their job refuse to take, and they're putting their entire career that they've wanted since they were a five-year-old child on the line because they think it's that critical, then I'm sorry, you need to be you need to appear in a criminal court of law. There's no doubt in my mind.
0: There's many reports that children have died. Uh, I, I know, I've seen a lot, a lot of paperwork from people who have got myopericarditis. I know one particular chap who was hospitalised for twenty days. Another guy who was hospitalised for five days with myopericarditis. And this is the disturbing thing is that it's heart damage, and these are these were fit people uh, in their thirties. One guy was a, a mountain bike rider and he said five days in hospital. Now it's permanent heart damage from what I understand. And, uh, it's really disturbing that our government is complicit in killing people. Um, uh, Martin, you've run in, you've been running around the Perth area, literally chasing down media outlets. You've run into some victims.
3: Yeah, I have up at Kings park there where they're coming to me now when we're doing the prayer thing, which I started two weeks ago, it's not just victims of the, as reaction the it's, it's victims of depression and suicide now. Two weeks ago, when I did the first one, two ladies came to me afterwards and couldn't thank me enough. And I, I was going like, what for? And they told me they had suicidal thoughts in the morning and coming up. And, uh, with the holding of the hands, I've started doing and saying the, our father heal and, Hail Mary and Saint Anthony's Prayer and what do the bit I do in the middle. The the connection having with everybody else forming round the Memorial Center apparently afterwards their unfortunate sad thoughts are gone and they've been rejuvenated. The same lady came down to Bunbury, totally different person. So there's no one can tell me What we're doing up in Kings Park now the last two times and we're going to keep it up next Wednesday is absolutely making a a difference and inspiring a lot of people. We meet up in the park there afterwards, we have a a few speakers and I do, as a life coach myself, I do my bit for them and I call it the coffee and cake, we go up and socialize and uh, anybody that's not in a good space of mind or don't have much money, I go out of my way and I go up there as you know yourself, Scotty, we... We treat them and we buy them a coffee and cake yeah because obviously they've gone through difficult circumstances to see what we're doing it's very empowering so we had a full circle last wednesday and apparently there's priests and pastors coming to our next one and god love heli newton kelly newton who we're going to see soon she's actually offered to travel two hours in the car next wednesday to come again she she thinks it's so inspiring so that. that's
0: Every Wednesday in Perth, Western Australia, gather...
3: Um, the Governor's House at 10 o'clock.
0: That's on St. George's Terrace, Governor's House.
3: We march up to the city. And it's actually been more in We've kept quiet. and We've just had the signs up, and a lot more people are looking. You know, we go up to the... past the bridge. We stay at the bridge, put the signs up. So the people at the freeway can see. And it's very, very encouraging by the police. I mean, obviously, as you know, the police All, all the police know me calling me by my first name
0: the police are won- reflective of the rest of our society some police are you know it's varied stratums of but i've had i know a, a policeman who told me that everything that the government has done is complete bullshit, and that's his own words he said it's bullshit. he said the covid uh the covid commander he said no respect for him and look it's a few bureaucrats on, I mean, you know, you you become a we we say we live in a democracy, but our politicians are elected and they soon become dictatorships. They become dictators. There a few bureaucrats, elected politicians, are telling the entire population what to do. We have Pfizer contracts which we don't know.
3: I which, think the public also needs to know how much money these so called politicians who don't have much education behind are how much they're earning a week. Like Mark McGowan is on seven and a half grand a week. <laughs> Scott Morrison was on 10 grand a week, plus $200 a day, food allowance. We're paying for his traveling all around the world. I mean, what does need, what need does he have for all this money for? And at the same time, we've got pensioners struggling to pay their flipping electricity bills.
0: Hundreds.
3: I mean, how and many? Apparently, sorry to interrupt, just apparently yeah. there's 300 i'm saying the word right down the camera, Cats. What for? What, what, what for? What do you need all these people for? They're,
2: they're the government, Martin. Yeah, so no, they no. are the government. The yeah. politicians are only puppets to yeah, the bureaucrats exactly, who yeah. earn twice as much as the government officials. But the <laughs> thing that the thing that gets me, uh, firstly, I really want to commend you for what you're doing up at Kings Park, all the stuff you do, because a lot of people a lot of people measure success by thousands of people attending, and you keep turning up rain, rain hail or shine, whether there's just you or there's a hundred or there's ten or twenty. But I really want to encourage everybody to get up to Kings Park with you that Wednesday and stand in the circle. We, up, we don't want the circle just to be a row of one people. We want to see tens of rows around there in that big circle because when things like that happen, the world changes. But the other thing I want to say that really highlights the, um, the gutless nature of the politicians that we've had in power in this country for a long time, when COVID was in full flight, they say, and when they had a couple of years left in their mandate, uh, as in, they were elected for three-year terms. They were all uh, full of bravado about how desperately dangerous this disease is, and how many people it's killing, you know. And they they did their eleven o'clock press conferences every day, and they talked about the number of people who died of COVID, of COVID. Then on the eve of the election, the prime minister of this country, Scott Morrison, was challenged with a question: Why didn't you do more to save lives? And the yellow streak backbone that he has couldn't support him. And he came out and he said, well in actual actual fact, we all know that uh, not very many people died of COVID. They all had comorbidities who died and, and a lot of people died from cancer and other injuries. And if they had a trace of COVID in their system, we put it down as a COVID death. Everybody knows that, and even the premiers have admitted this. So to me, him saying that was admitting that they generated a fear that coerced 75% of the people who've been vaccinated into a position where they now have to live with the consequences. And he's gutless. He will be He will be measured throughout history as a result of his spineless attitude when he was Prime Minister. He deserves to be called to task over this. And Albanese is going to be no better. Let's make no mistake about that. Albanese is going to be a horse of a different colour. But this is what we've been up against. When people have been saying they're faking all these deaths... Of COVID, they now come out when they when the time comes and they feel they need to protect their backside. They're coming out and they're saying, "Oh no, they didn't die of COVID. They actually died with it." There's a big difference with COVID. So people who are going to die of cancer, people who are going to die of dementia, people who are going to die of various other injuries and and uh, illnesses, who are going to die anyway. People who died of flu of influenza. It's funny we didn't have any of those deaths, did we, for the last two years? They're all COVID. This is a gutless, conniving strategy of a government that is out to destroy its
3: people. Plus why why also is the government paying $13,000 to a doctor to put COVID down on the certificate? $39,000 to put a ventilator on a person when they're lying down. You don't put a ventilator on a person when they're lying down. They're meant to be sitting up, and that's purposely to kill them. Now, just
0: on that idea here that we're talking about of the... The vaccination i was talking to mitch earlier you mentioned that you saw a massive increase in emissions this happened i think believe it happened once the vaccines were initiated
1: yeah Uh, another reason why i didn't want to take the vaccine Uh, you know i worked in ed i worked on the wards and we were outside of flu season and you know ed presentations just went through the roof uh the hospital was at 110 percent pretty much all the time uh you know that happens in certain periods you know usually during flu season that kind of thing we were outside of flu season and you know you go around and you ask people you know you know do you think this could be linked we've just rolled out an experimental theory uh experimental medical you know uh and and yet people can't put two and two together and you know
0: there, there was two categories wasn't there you said that like a little heart and then brain or something is it
3: uh-
1: yeah so if, if you take the the spike protein uh study and then you take the Pfizer distribution study uh and you know that you've got two you've got a a vaccine and spike protein that can be found within the body anywhere within 15 minutes and that causes small blood vessel damage so if that goes to the brain that causes dementia stroke cognitive decline if it goes to the heart then you've got yourself heart attack pericarditis myocarditis atrial fibrillation if it attaches on the wall of a blood vessel, you'll get blood clots. So you'll get a PE, you'll get a DVT. If it goes to just standard tissue, you'll get wound breakdown. But all of these things are things that we see in medicine every single day. And therefore, you know, many doctors either don't attribute it to the vaccine because We've got to understand that this is been, you know, years and years in the making, uh, 50 years, 20 years of, of programming. And like I said, I'm not anti-vax, but there has been a very dangerous mentality that's crept into the medical profession and into society that a vaccine can't cause harm. Well, I've got a book full of 400 studies that of evidence of harm from all kinds of different vaccines. And. Everything that you put in your body, every medical therapy is a risk-benefit analysis. And so, you know, a lot of these doctors turned a blind eye. They copped out on the excuse, it's, uh, it's a vaccine, it can't cause anything. I don't want to look any – I don't want to dig any further. I don't want to look uh, – if I don't know anything, then nothing's going wrong. But it's blatantly obvious. You know, uh, VAERS, so that's the – Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System in the United States. The last time I checked, and it, it's been a while, there was at least 22,000 deaths reported within, you know, 10 days. Most of those occur within the first two to three days of having the vaccine. So 22,000 reported deaths, 65% of those were, were reported by healthcare professionals, so they should know, uh, whether that's reasonable or not. And I think it was something like 86%, uh, they couldn't rule out the vaccine as a cause of death. And we know from studies that that reporting system, and it's very flawed, uh, but it's the best thing that we've got that reporting system picks up about 1% of deaths so 22,000 that's 2.2 2 million deaths and that's in the United States alone and if if you if you sort of pair that with the understanding that a lot of these deaths are presenting as things that we see every day then it's probably a lot higher than that because a lot of these deaths are being attributed to stuff other than other than the vaccine
0: I've just been given a signal to. I'm going to wrap this up. So we'll get everybody have a go before we go. Just to, to clarify, where was the time frame of that spike when you saw that period of increase in emissions to emergency department? The emergency. Uh,
1: it's as far as I, I haven't been in the hospital for nearly you know over five months now. But uh, as soon as they started rolling out the the vaccines, and it just went on uh got worse after the mandates because a lot of people had to take it and as far as i know it's still going on now but you know doctors have just turned a blind eye to the truth and you know when you do that you give yourself over to darkness you if you refuse the truth if you refuse to stand at that critical moment anything is possible from that point forward you you know it's the same throughout history it's the same throughout the holocaust it stops it it's it all starts when you fail to say no yeah
0: um, i'd like to uh commend dr mitch for coming out i think you're very brave i wish more doctors would do this maybe mm-hmm. uh i'd like to make an appeal out to any other doctors to come forth on that is anything do you add anything to that
1: i i it's cost me everything it's cost me my career it's cost me well-paying job. It's cr- cost me the goals and aspirations that I had in life, you know, buying farmland, uh, doing lots of stuff. But I come home and I sleep very well at night. I'm comfortable with who I am and what I've done. I have met so many great people in the community who have done the same and I wouldn't change anything different. You know, I, I want, I don't want this kind of world for for my son, uh, and we have lived in the blessing of the freedoms that have been paid for by blood, sweat, and tears of those who have gone before us that have valued freedom. And, you know, that's a fight that's that's worth staying for.
0: Well, just, uh, let's move over to Martin. You want to give a final comment and then maybe Hoodie can um, finish up with a little prayer or something, but. Yeah, sure. Uh, Martin, Pink Panther. Oh, just, to,
3: just anybody who's listened to this, to even doctors and nurses that don't have the courage to speak out, please speak out and come forward. You don't have to give your name, obviously, as well. Speak out. And even the general public, come and join us at the rallies. Please come and join me in Kings Park on Wednesday at 10 o'clock. And let's, let's gather a crowd. Let's make a difference. And, yeah, please pick up the courage. Come and join us cheers pink,
0: that was the pink panther and now uh hoodie you know, maybe we'll wrap it up with a final comment and maybe yeah sure like a request a little prayer perhaps
2: thanks for having us on um the more we speak the more people will wake up the word integrity uh is bandied around a lot by people on both sides and um i hate this whole thing about sides but um I've seen a lot of nurses referred to as lacking integrity because they were vaccinated and went to work. Um, that's a very a very uh, glib throwaway line for somebody who's not in their position. Uh, I've spoken to nurses who hated having to have it, but they did it because they would rather have that and risk their life than walk away from patients they knew who needed them. And that's a very true statement. Um, one beautiful lady who was here the other night uh, in um, – in uh, Denmark actually when we spoke there. Uh, she talked about being a nurse for 44 years and she's um, she was working in the isolated communities and because she uh, wouldn't and couldn't take the jab, then the beautiful uh, sovereign people that she was serving up there for many years were um, without her and they needed treatments for their diabetes and all the other illnesses that they had. And she's bereft. She is grieving because she can't be there. So... Integrity is a word that's quickly thrown around, and my my uh, message to everybody out there, whether you've been vaccinated or not, is that um, you have the right to make your own decision. And if you've made it for the benefit, for the real benefit of others, and you're not one of those people who's pretending to have made it for the benefit of others, because there's a lot of them around um, who are saying, you know, I did this out of love for others. No, I know some people who say that, and that's rubbish. You did it because you want smashed avo on toast. I'm sorry uh, that's what, that's what you've done. But to those other people, um, you're not, uh, you're not lacking in integrity. In fact, you're a hero because you've taken something that, you know, you were coerced into, you know, is dangerous for you, but you did it because you really want to serve your community. And I tips my hat to you. I really do. Um, and so we have to keep, we have to keep forging forward. We have to keep, um, we have to keep standing in our truth. So in order to do that, I just want to close with a prayer by saying that, um, you know, um, it says in the Bible that know the truth and the truth will set you free. And when you are free, you are free indeed. And I've never felt more free and I've never felt such a profound depth of knowledge about the truth in my entire life. I, I am absolutely to my core certain that I'm standing on the right side of history. And I'll be measured either way when when the time comes, but I am convinced I'm on the right side of history. And I, do, I mean that with love and compassion for people on both sides. And so with that in mind, I want to ask us all to just think about this as I pray. Dear Lord, Father in heaven, There is a, there is a force of evil in the world that is trying to segregate and divide us. Let nothing we do think or say add to the confusion and the segregation that is already out there. When we as a community stand with you and with each other, nobody against us can win. We win no matter what happens. Compassion and unity, love and forgiveness and grace will win. It always does and it always will. And for that, Lord Jesus, we thank you. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. So that is the the ending of this broadcast. We are in the beautiful town of Albany. 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 I'll it's get it. spelled A-W-L-B-A-N-Y, Albany. Yeah, we, got, we, <laughs> we keep getting in trouble for that. So we're here and we're signing off. It's the Pink Panthers here, Dr. Mitch and Captain Graham Hood, hoodie. And it's sayonara. I love you all. The children, we stand for our right to be free, we stand against tyranny.
3: Hold the line, hold the line up, people hold the line, hold the line. (laughs)
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: of great deception bill gates of hell destruction must pay the price for his corruption hold the
3: line hold the line